Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's your boy, TBC, Tully Banta Kane, on the Jokes and Jocks podcast with my co host, G. Hey Wiley, your favorite Blasian. Oh, yeah. And coming to you live from Manhattan Beach, or should I say Hermosa Beach, or the South Bay in general. The hilarious, the funny, the gut busting. My guy, my boy, my brother from another Holy mother, Daniel yeah, Carter. <laughs> hey, Eric Barton is in the building. What's good, brother? Eric Barton. Hey, Tom, to sit down. Eric is cheap. Tell him to sit down. <laughs> oh, what up, G? Hey, what's up, Eric? What it do? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Just taking my daughter for a walk. Oh. Oh man. Hi. <laughs> so we're doing this. We're doing this via Zoom, but yeah, like this is that's. We gotta get him on it for sure. I know. Welcome to the South Bay, man. I know. I haven't talked to I haven't talked to Eric in forever, so that's. I wish you guys could see this, but you can't because it's all on it's all on audio. But it is what it is. Yeah, well, that's the South. <laughs> I guess that's you, you never know who you're gonna run into. Yeah, small exactly. Small, that's what most is all about. <laughs> so yeah, man, I appreciate you to jumping on the show, Dano. Uh, you know, we got a lot to to unpack this week. It's been uh, an eventful last couple of weeks with in the sporting world, in the celebrity world. Uh, first thing we want to go ahead and talk about is this Slapgate situation with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it, heard about it, talked about it, joked about it. Uh, first, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm assuming that that was a, that was a joke, man. <laughs> and it is April Fool's, too, by the way. That is true. Uh, yeah, it I, is saw your, uh, I saw your announcement about coming back. <laughs> to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not that far-fetched, but uh, I got up this morning and uh, and almost tore my Achilles um, stepping up stepping up from the toilet, so uh, that's definitely not happening. <laughs> what was going on in the toilet, man? Oh, man. You, you, you don't, that's like a rough one. morning. It's, it's been a rough one. But, hey, anyways, speaking of rough ones uh, – what are your thoughts on the whole Will Will Smith Will Smith situation? I mean, I don't know where to start with that. I can't believe that he's like half the people are supporting Will Smith. I don't understand that whatsoever. I don't think Chris Smith, uh, Chris Rock knew that she had what is it called propecia. I don't think, and like half the world didn't had never heard of that disease before that came out on Sunday. Uh, there's no way he knew that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made that joke. So, I think uh, – have you seen the thing that uh, that guy posted who's like an ex-Scientologist about how in Scientology you're taught to slap people who wrong you? I heard that. Whoa. And uh, so, uh, it almost seemed like it was just a robotic response for Will Smith. He's like, he's wronged me. I must storm stage and slap him. And then that's what he did. And uh, I couldn't believe he won – after that, and then everyone gave him a standing ovation, and then he goes out partying. It was just insane that he – it just seems like a guy who's always gotten away with whatever he wants. And But as a comedian, you don't want anybody being able to assault 
somebody on stage for a joke they didn't like. Like it just sets a bad precedent. Yeah, but it also comes with the job. I mean, at any given point, you never know who's in the audience who you may offend. And I think even right, before but Chris physical Rock, abuse is never a reaction to uh, freedom of speech to me. I don't know. It's a joke. Like he could have approached him afterwards and like told him, like, dude, my wife has this disease. Why are you making fun of that or something? There's, I don't know. There's plenty of other ways to have approached it. Yeah. yeah. I also heard that they had beef prior to this as well, right? Like, well, he made a great joke about her. Uh, that's another thing is everyone's like, the joke wasn't even that good. All right, we wouldn't be talking about the joke at all had he not got up and smacked him. It would have just, like, gone away. Nobody would have thought about it. Yeah. It's been a throwaway yeah. joke. But Chris handled it like a damn champ. And what's pissing me off is all these memes out there that are making it seem like, you know, they're, like, when it's, like, me enjoying the weekend, Monday, smack. And, like, <laughs> like the smack actually did anything to Chris Rock. If really, if that's yeah. like, your Monday wasn't that bad. <laughs> because he handled it <laughs> and, and then made a better joke after that like when he said uh the greatest moment in the history of television you know yeah yeah i think the memes should be reversed like you taking the hit like bring it on kind of thing that's what i think um yeah i mean i think it was also yeah, no even an alley-oop to uh to jada as a potential like casting opportunity for a gi gi jane remake. yeah you know, like a yeah. reboot, like that, that, that's how they could have really took off with it is like, okay. <laughs> I think he should do is like, he should just stay silent about the whole thing and say, I have my next Netflix special coming out in three months. Netflix gives him a hundred million dollars because everyone's going to watch that. And then yeah, uh, well, just open up there. Well, he sold out his like, like Austin right now. And he's you're sounding like a cyborg right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm losing you. Yeah, we can't hear you. Uh, so, like the his entire seconds after that tap. So he. Wait. Oh, am I? Gee, hold on. You sound, you sound like. Uh, uh, well, I'm I'm connecting on my on my other end too, though. So um, on on my audio. So hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm a cyborg. But um. Okay. Hey, you know what I'm gonna do? I'll be there in like three minutes and then we can just do it that way and we can do it um, on yours yeah is that okay you're gonna do i'm going i'm gonna come okay i'm going to go and meet dano at at hennessy's i live two seconds away from you from where you are right now okay. so i'll just do that and then it'll just make this easier okay all right sure okay so stay on okay so stay on the zoom i'll be i'll be back i'll be there in a minute Okay. But so anyway, <laughs> so yeah, man. Time we'll, we'll, we'll keep the, we'll keep it going though. We'll just keep it going. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah and then, uh, you get, you know, when you get there. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to leave then and I'll, okay. It's, it's, it's better, uh, better service at Hennessy's than in her house. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what's what's uh, what was Poncho's like after the uh, show? Because I know I saw your um, your caption where you said, you know, no one's gonna get smacked tonight or something something along those lines. Uh, was every yeah, we, comic was... basically have something to say? No, you know what? Ocean hit me up in the morning and he said, 
you got to put me on. I got all these Will Smith bangers to do. And I was like, all right. But then he, he, he got in a car accident, so he couldn't show up. Uh, oh. It was not as many as, you, as you'd think. It wasn't that bad. It was like a fender bender. But um, it wasn't as many as you'd think. I, I put the over under at 33 and a half of how many Will Smiths were gonna, jokes were going to be made. And it was probably like 24. Um, it was still a lot. And, you know, it's going to be an ongoing thing forever. It's going to be a like reference in the comedy world and the Oscars world forever. You know, it's the, the, one of the craziest things ever happened in the history of TV, I think. Oh, man. I mean, but what's crazy for me is I wasn't even, I didn't even realize it was the Oscars going on at the time. And uh, I wonder. Yeah, but then everybody started tuning in, right? Yeah. And Jason then, texted me. Who did? Jason he, texted me. He's like, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of Chris Rock on stage. I'm like, what? And then I, I caught up real quick and we, and we watched the end of it live. Well, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, if he would have never did the, you know, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth and all that, it would have, it would have just yeah. been like, oh, that was a staged thing. That, Cause that's what it looked like. But then it get, you realize it was serious when he was yelling like he was. But well, uh, I'm. My, you know Mario Joyner? Have you ever met him? He's the guy I worked with forever. He's Chris Rock's opener. And okay. I used to write with him and do videos with him. And so I texted him right away. Uh, say, hey, boss, is this real or fake? He said, I just got off the phone with Chris. It's absolutely real. He said, Chris was proud of himself. He said, I took a hit from Muhammad Ali and kept standing. <laughs> first thing he said. Oh, my God. So I had, I had the inside scoop, like, right away. Huh. And then I guess apparently after the show, um, Will was like celebrating and, you know. Yeah, he was out partying. Well, he won best, you know, for the first time he won, uh, you know, best actor. I think it was his first one. Unless uh, he won for Ali. I think it was his first one. I think so, too. Um, so he was out, you know, he was, he just like, it was just such a narcissistic moment where he completely, uh, like the sh the movie Coda one, have you seen that? Tiffany, and I, I watched that last night. It was fantastic. I feel like that was completely overshadowed. Nobody even noticed that one won Best Picture, and it was a great movie. Really? Yeah. How did you watch it? Is it on Amazon or something? It's on Apple TV. It's anybody can watch it. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. It's the first uh, first streaming movie to win Best Picture. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, Netflix probably pissed that Apple, Apple won Best Picture before they did. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then just you know the fact that you know it got overshadowed too, just by the whole Will Smith thing. I think everything with exactly with, yeah, so everyone who won an award, no one's talking about it. Right. The deaf guy from that movie won Best Supporting Actor, and he was so good. And the movie's really funny. That it's like it's about a one girl who's who can hear. And she's in a deaf family with two deaf parents and a deaf brother. She's the only one who can hear, so she's the translator for them in life, basically. Okay. But uh, it's actually really funny, too. It's got everything. Huh. I just watched that movie Lovebirds last night. Have you seen that yet? No. Oh, my God. Check that movie out when you get a chance. I think one of the, the guys, it's a, he's an Indian actor. Uh, I got to look his name up. But I feel like he's been to Poncho's before. But let's let's anyway, you know, switching to, uh, topics, uh, you know, there's a lot to we could just talk about Will Smith the whole entire show. But I, I'd rather go ahead and 
and get into some other stuff. Um, you know, it, for the listeners out there, are we, we st- are we still doing the podcast without her? I didn't even I thought we were just ripping now. We're, no, we're still going. I mean, we're still okay. going. I mean, we'll we'll it, it, we can edit it. This isn't a, like a live only take. Yeah, but, um, just for time's sake. Um, how did uh, you know? For those who don't know, me and Dano, we got some history. Uh, we met, and I'm trying to remember where we actually met. Did we meet at Poncho's? It was at Poncho's, dude. I just was, like, surveying the crowd. I was, like, asking, asking what people do, and you said you were in the NFL. <laughs> you were uh, there with some chick. Uh, yeah, you were, that's where it was. That's where it all began. So, yeah, and yeah. then, I mean, after that, we became, like, best buds, started hanging out. I think I slept on your couch, or you slept on my couch. We've been, like multiple bars wingmaned each other for a while uh before you yeah. met you know the beautiful tiffany um so so for the audience how how did you um get involved with ponchos how did that all start well you remember dan voss right yep. he was our bartender there and a good friend of mine <laughs> oh she made it <laughs> hey that was that was pretty bad i told you i live on 14th street i'm not far from here all right. All right. Keep talking. <laughs> so he just asked me how, how I started Ponchos. So, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I want to know this too. So Dan Voss is the bartender there who I was buddies with. And he's a musician. And so he understands uh, bar entertainment. And okay. he knew I had done a couple shows here at Hennessy's. Before I did it on the roof, we did a couple downstairs here. And I had done, you know, the Comedy Store, the Improv, and a couple other shows that I didn't produce. But he was like, dude, we have an open stage on Monday nights. You want to try doing a comedy night? So it was technically uh, his idea, really. I mean, we kind of talked about it together. But it was one of those drunken, like, you know, you've got a lot of drunken bar ideas that never come to fruition. Right. This one actually did. <laughs> and so I followed up and went in there and started it nine years ago. And I haven't stopped since. So you said, I'm going to host the show and bring in a bunch of comics. Kind of from your network? Yeah, but. and back then I knew maybe 10 comics, and they all did the show. <laughs> oh. And uh, I, I booked basically every comic I knew. I was, I was brand new in the stand-up world at the time. And it was a pretty good lineup, though. We had Casey Balsham, who's a great New York comic now, and Chris Strait, Pete Gersio, Chris Traven. Chris Traven was, uh, at the front, <laughs> was, was in, the, in the beginning? Yeah. He, he didn't... I don't think he closed. That came... Uh, like two years into it, I just had started having him regularly close it. And where did you meet Chris Traven? Doing an open mic over here at the Club Seven Hundred Five. It used to be right down the street. Now it's done. Oh, now it's gone. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's had, where it's where Little Company of Mary is right now. For anybody that knows the South Bay, they had an open mic on Sunday nights, and maybe it was Monday. I think it was Sunday though. And that's where I met Traven. And right away, I was doing some of my music stuff, and he was doing his, like, one-liners, and we just got along right away. Yeah, shout-out to Chris, man. So that was, that was what, nine Chris, years ago? You just had your ninth year's anniversary at Poncho's. Uh, yep. I wish I could have made it. I was up in the Bay Area. Um, so what show number was that? I know you count every show. Three... 
Um, we started bi-weekly and, you know, we take off at Christmas and then we obviously missed a year and a half in there with the lockdown. Oh, so, uh, so it was, year. no, no, it was nine years since I started. It just, the total number doesn't add up. Um, yeah, we haven't, we haven't done it for like nine complete years, but I started nine years ago and. Every time it's been legal for us to do the show, I've done a show. <laughs> it just gotcha. wasn't legal for a year now. Okay. And then as far as your history as a comic, I was able to look up an old YouTube video of you back in, like, college. You were, like, winning. the sc- You won, like, the, the screamer <laughs> of the stadium. You won. <laughs> yeah. You were, like. I like to did- put that as my. That's my NBC credit. Yeah, you did. <laughs> the halls. The Hall's Fruit Breezers screaming fan of the game. We lost that game, too, actually. Oh, man. Um, but, but you won. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got <laughs> – that was pretty fun. That was back in the days of AIM, and I, like, I had my away message up, you know, go Irish or whatever, and I came back and, like, 40 people had messaged. Like, we just saw you screaming your ass off on TV. Yeah, you were, like, painted green. You had the green bandana on. Like, you went, you went full yep. force. They they even say the announcers say if he doesn't win, it's the state of Florida recount. <laughs> so that's how old, that's how long ago that was. That's that's like an Al Gore reference. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even have like facial hair back then. It didn't look like. And then uh, I saw you sit. No, Tiffany like, will be the first one to remind you of that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you did something with Tator- to, uh, John Totoro too. What was that from? That's a movie called Monday Night Mayhem, where I had three lines. John Turo played uh, Howard Cosell. It was like the story of Monday Night Football. And I was in high school. I played like a little gopher on the set that he yells at. Huh. So I know your dad uh, has been on TV, and uh, he's like a, you know, a well-known political analyst. Um, Not political at all, really. No? He just, he just, he's, a, he's a television journalist. He wrote uh, The Late Shift, which is the story of when Johnny Carson retired, who was going to get The Tonight Show, Letterman or Leno. He wrote okay. a book about that. That became an HBO movie. He wrote that, too. And a lot of other stuff. But that's what he's most known for. Oh, I thought he did some po- political stuff, too. But I guess when you're a journalist, you cover everything. No, he. I mean, he's mainly just covers media and television. Um, he just That's just his Twitter he rants about. Trump and stuff all the time, but he doesn't actually write. About that. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. And so, did he well, kind of um, go ahead, G? Yeah, no, I just got a really cool question because you just, you wrote, speaking of writing, because you wrote, um, you co wrote and helped write out for Crank Acres, which I got, I have to bring up because that show <laughs> is freaking hilarious. That was my first job. I was a writer's assistant. Okay. Uh, well, I was like right when I moved to LA. It was my first job, and I got a few things on, but it, it was fun. Like, you got to, uh, I, all the calls I named the calls. Okay. Uh, and uh, you could pitch ideas for calls. But uh, what did I, you I actually my, get on? I didn't uh, like I named the calls, and then I'd be like backstage when like uh, Good Charlotte was there, like making a call, and you get to write on a on a blank like marker board pitch of ideas. So yeah, I don't know. Oh, exactly uh, okay, okay. That was uh, still great to be a part of. But that that, that became the Andy Milanakis crew. And I got stuff on that show oh, when nice. I was like 22. That was like, he did these 
hidden camera pranks where he would order delivery stuff. It was like a delivery boy prank, and then there'd be something going on in the house when the delivery showed up. And I got one on that was, he was just a, we made the delivery guy become an aerobics instructor. Like the delivery guy walks in and there's this aerobics class going on and everything he does, they, they like imitate. And he's like, you got the chicken wing, right? And everyone's like, oh, chicken wing, chicken wing. And it's like all these old people in leotards and like mats and they're like imitating what he does. But they, so, like, but they like thought that they were in a real like aerobics class, right? No, they were, the only one not in on it was the delivery guy. Oh, okay. I think it's on YouTube, but that was, yeah, that was one thing I got. I was like, you know, 22 years old. When I got, <laughs> that was the first thing I got on the air though. Sorry, I had to. I just had to ask that question because it just came. It popped up like the first thing that you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you it's, yeah. It's, it's that's on your IMDb. I guess that's yeah. I didn't even. I don't even. No. <laughs> huh. So you've always kind of been like an enter in entertainment. You've always kind of been like knowing that you wanted to entertain or be on camera yeah. or just be that guy. Oh yeah, I used to run for student government in high school just because you get to make a speech in front of it that was like my first stand-up <laughs> performance really was making those speeches and then i won one year <laughs> i was vice president my whole campaign was to get to school a gumball machine did you get it <laughs> no you can't have gum in school we actually in my junior high we had a, I remember I had a top 10 list for that you know, my, my top ten, like, are just things I was going to improve for the school. And one was get shower curtains for the guy's locker room. And the other one was remove shower <laughs> curtains from the girl's locker room. <laughs> Both got equal applause. Is that how you lost or that's how you won? No, that's how I won. I won that year, yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff, man. We actually had a discipline at my junior high where if you got in any type of trouble, you had to scrape the gum off the, off the pavement for like an hour. The old, the old black gum. They give you a spatula, and that that was like that was your duty. That was like detention. That was detention. You had to scrape gum. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. worse than detention. That seems. <laughs> I don't think that would fly today, man. No, nah, not 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 much would fly. Open world, <laughs> paddling, and all that stuff. So yeah, moving forward. I mean, you went so from high school. Obviously, if anyone knows you, that you know that you bleed green. Uh, how did the whole Notre Dame thing come about? Did you, is that where you wanted to go? Or you just applied there? Well, uh, where, well, where, my father, my uncle, and my sister all went there before I did. So it was very much ingrained in me. I was born a premature baby by like two months. And in the incubator with me was a little Notre Dame leprechaun. So really, before <laughs> I was even a person, I was a fan. I was just a fetus still. <laughs> and it, I, didn't, I didn't think I'd get in. So I kind of like lost interest a little bit in high school, and then I got in because I, I track helped me get in actually. Oh, that's and right. You ran. It was awesome. What? What did you? What did you run? Uh, the two hundred, four hundred. Okay. The four hundred. Yeah, two hundred was my you. best event. I hated the four hundred. Me too. I hated it too. It was terrible. It's the worst. The only thing worse would be the four hundred hurdles. Oh, I couldn't even imagine the, the last that. stretch of the four hundred. You have to oh, jump over something. Yeah, and your legs are all. <laughs> oh, and on top of your legs are already on fire. No, was, yeah, you yeah, gotta just start going around hurdles. At that point. I only ran for two years. You ran at Notre Dame for two years. You ran at Notre yeah. Dame. Barely, barely. But I was technically on the team, but that didn't really help them. They would use me in relays, and, but there was 
in high school, I was setting the school records. And then I get to Notre Dame, and who's got the school record? Rocket Ishmael. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, there was no turning yeah, back on yeah. you getting those, those records. Yeah. And then what, were you, what did you study at, at Notre Dame? It's called Film, Television, Theater. Um, it's just my degree just is Bachelor of Arts, but I, I, my concentration was in film, television, theater. I was actually the first television concentration major in the history of the school because they created it my senior year and I didn't even pick, I just was delaying picking one. And so there weren't even that many classes to take. It was really easy because <laughs> they just created the major. major. Yeah. <laughs> so did you make a lot of like shorts and like, you know, did you make Yeah, some- those classes were really fun. We, we had one class where we created a whole, whole TV show and you like one week you're on cameras and one week you're on sound and one week you write this the show, one week you direct the show and, and you learn a lot of stuff there. Right. Uh, the program's gotten a lot better since I was there. It was like brand new when I was there. But Regis actually donated a ton of money towards it before he passed. Because that was that was his program. Oh, shout out to Regis, R.I.P. So that's what's up, man. So you uh, you obviously enjoyed your time at, at Notre Dame. Uh, probably some 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 golden. golden yeah, I made the best of it. I mean, everyone there was a very serious student, and I was just trying to not get kicked out <laughs> like, i knew i just wanted to move out here and pursue comedy and nobody's ever going to see my gpa no not with no, comedy no. No. so i didn't really care about that although you know where the gpa haunted me was uh leprechaun tryouts because i wanted to be leprechaun and you needed a 3-0 gpa to do it and i didn't have that so i couldn't even do it why do you need a 3-0 to be a freaking leprechaun what is I think that I all about no, uh I feel like you could have gotten a 3.0 GPA. Well, I didn't know that. Uh, maybe if I knew you needed that to be leprechaun. Then you would have been, <laughs> I would have, I would have, have studied harder. Yeah. <laughs> My whole thing was just pass. Don't, don't <laughs> fail and uh, get through it. I get the degree and get out of here. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, I definitely thought the college was a means to an end. I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to be doing other things. So I get that. I feel like I, I learned a lot just from being in dorms with really smart people. Like all my dorm mates were like valedictorian their high school so just having late night conversations with people from all over the country who are really smart really give you a better grasp on the world than like any class could and then you were obviously like a sports goer you went to like every game every football game everyone goes oh yeah yeah but was it the basketball games as well yeah that's that you have you get i don't know one person who didn't go to the football games at school like that's unheard of Basketball, it's, it's a small stadium, so you can't really. And there's so many games, but if you missed a football game, you'd get shunned. <laughs> and we were terrible when I was there, too. I still had to go. I had three years of Ty Willingham and one year of Charlie Weiss. So that year, first year with Charlie Weiss, we were pretty good. That was the Bush Bush year. And that was, that was crazy. So were you, so you guys? Uh, you guys also were. Um... Go ahead. Go ahead, Tully. No, go ahead. Well, I had a Rudy question. Did uh, sure. yeah. did he ever come to the games, Sean Astin? Was he ever, uh, like, did he go to Notre Dame? No, but Oxford? the real Rudy was, the real Rudy was there once, and he seemed pretty wasted. <laughs> well, he is Irish. He did, so. Well, he did, like a, he did, like, a pep talk, and he just seemed pretty drunk. <laughs> it's what he does now. 
Uh, yeah, he's a we, motivational I mean, speaker, isn't he? You know, we we love the movie, and but we we kind of make fun of him at, at the same time. I wrote a, a before the first home football game every year. There's this big comedy show on campus, and I wrote it my junior and senior year. And Rudy was a character in it one year, and <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that. Did you get any backlash from that? No, no, because no. <laughs> nobody cared. It was just like I whatever. Mean, everyone knows. Yeah, because we had like we had uh, the president had to assemble this dream team of Notre Dame alums, and he had Joe Montana, Regis, and Rudy. And I remember he would be like, we got you, Joe Montana, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Regis, one of the best television personalities of all time. And you, Rudy, the persistent little bastard who would <laughs> give up on his dreams. <laughs> That's awesome. How many times do you think you've seen that movie? Is it like uh, a, is it like a uh, you know at least thirty, but actually not as much as Tiffany, my fiance, happens to be a huge fan of the movie. And every year before the first football game, she and my buddy Nick, you know Nick, have a contest to see who who we, you get a drink out, and whoever can say the line, the next line of the movie first correctly wins, and the other person has to drink. But if you say like one line wrong, then you have to drink. It's and actually not a bad that I. Well, we started with Rudy, but we do it a lot of movies. Tiffany's great with Clueless, actually. Oh, that. I love that movie. Every player, each player in that game for that. It's I, like, dude, I would you have to get it verbatim. Like uh, I think uh, Happy Gilmore, I'd be great at Die Hard, and then those things. But uh, Rudy is pretty fun to do it too. There's a lot of, like motivational things that's going on in there. Yeah, my best like memorable one would probably be Half Baked. You know. Oh, I okay. love that movie too. Right near the beach, boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So wait, when you like, because did your family move to California, or was that something you wanted to do after college on your own to start your career, or in what whatever you? No, I always, I always wanted to move out here. Uh, it's a combination of comedy and beach life. I wanted both of it. It was really Saved by the Bell. When I was a kid, and I saw Saved by the Bell, and I'm like, life is like that? Like, wow. And then I got out here, and, you know, you can't just say time out and freeze everybody. <laughs> but but uh, it's pretty great. I mean, I, I just, there's the weather and the attitude people have out here is great. Well, how'd you find the South Bay? Because that technically that show was based on like Malibu. Really? Yeah. Well, then what, that's the base side of it? I yeah. Mean, I always thought that is how I was picturing Southern California before I ever got to Southern California. Uh, I, I moved to Hollywood first and it was basically just a poor man's New York. Uh, <laughs> I think I, you're I, being I generous. To, I wanted to, yeah, city life, I'd, yeah. I'd say in New York. Yeah. And then once I discovered the South Bay, just because my friend Josh lived down here, and I was like, this is awesome. And yeah. And that's what's worked out really well for me with ponchos and Tennessee shows is because it's a little outside the city. So, there's not that many shows around here. And in Hollywood, there's a comedy show in every corner. But out here, it's like just close enough to get a good lineup to drive down, but just far enough that it's a different thing for people to go out and do. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I, I, I'm a regular, as you know, the, the ponchos thing. And the network that you've been able to put together, I mean, how, how do you get these like big-name comedians? I mean, you get all kinds of comedians, but... I mean, you've had Brian Callen in there. You've had Theo Vaughn. 
uh, Ali Wong that rhymed. Um, how do you like? How did that? How does that work? Do you open for these people and then you kind of give them, you offer them a, an opportunity to come to the South Bay? Every situation is different with the big name comics. For Theo and Ali, they have just been doing it since before they were blew up. Uh, if you look at the article from the two year anniversary, both Theo and uh, Ali are on it, and nobody really thought they were any special. Allie actually ran her her first special at Poncho's over the past over like a few weeks before she shot that one baby cobra when she's pregnant in it. And I gave her like twenty minutes because I knew she was shooting her Netflix special, so I gave her twenty minutes each week and she'd work it out uh, and put it together. And Theo was pretty much the same. He he'd do it all the time. But a guy like Brian Callen was different. He was already big and he just heard about the show. I met him at a party actually and I just got his number and it's always different. Jamie Kennedy I just did a show with one time and we hit it off. I got his info. You never know who's gonna be down to do it because you don't get paid. <laughs> but you don't really get paid anywhere in LA. It's just a matter of who's willing to drive down to the beach. But what helps me is there's not that many other good shows on Monday nights. So like in all of LA. But down here at the beach, where everyone's either a waitress or a bartender or doesn't have a job at all, they go out on Monday nights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it works out. And then who was uh, Trevor Wallace now, who's, like, blowing up? He's got a, his own tour. How did, how did you meet him? <clears throat> Same kind of I met of him through, you know, Audrey Stewart. Yeah, I met him Shout through – I, I had no idea. He did the show for about a year before I even knew that he was like an internet celebrity. I just thought he was Audrey's friend. It was funny. And I put him up and then I guess I looked him up. And like, Holy crap. Two million, views. <laughs> two million followers. <laughs> and yeah, now he's selling out huge, huge venues all the time, but he's always down to come down when he's around even because I posted the article about the nine year anniversary show. And he gets a shout out, and he even commented, "He's like, I got a shout out. <laughs> he's, got, he's got two million followers. He still cares about this little local free newspaper that refers to me as a somewhat homeless comedian." <laughs> Getting a shout out. Is that you, the, the somewhat homeless comedian? <laughs> yeah, the guy who writes them every year is obsessed with the fact that I used to just be a couch surfer, and now I'm, you know, living large in Manhattan Beach. Like he, it's like the same theme every article. Basically, like he used to be like this, now he's like this, but he does it every year. <laughs> okay. So, is it the same thing then, over and over, like every single article? That no, like, no, no, it's it's cool. Uh, um, that was just what Tiffany pointed out to me. Uh, uh, it's like always a rags to riches thing. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. So, where uh, it was just cool that Trevor likes being shot out of that, and he, he's gotten a lot more accolades than <laughs> one thing than the than the ponchos nine year reader, yeah. <laughs> That's what's up, man. And then now we got the the Hennessy's Roof Deck uh, comedy night. How did that all come about? Well, that's its third generation, actually. Uh, we've done it uh, maybe year one or two of Ponchos that started that up. And then there's various reasons why it gets shut down. I can't really get into them, but it's back right now which is great, and I, but I don't know how long it'll last. Uh, I really like it, though. It's a totally different vibe than Poncho's. It's more of a... More, more 
loosey goosey kind of thing. Dive the beach makes everyone a little happier, no matter what you're doing, and it's a it's a cool atmosphere. The one rule I have about running shows and bars is you want the show to be separate from people who just go into the restaurant who don't necessarily want to see comedy. You want to force people into the show. So we have the roof deck here. It's separate from the rest of the bar. So people could, they want to not listen to people and just hang out at a bar. They don't have to. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, I know it's, it's still on the grow, but it's, you know, it's like a selected crowd. Um, you know, it's obviously the people who come to Poncho's as well who know about it, but it's still a great venue. Um, so I, I mean, I wish I could have went there last night, um, but I will be I will be uh, definitely back at Poncho's this Monday, and I've been actually aspiring at some point to get up on stage. Right. I think one one of my drunken that's on the record. It's it's happening. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, well, you have to actually do jokes you wrote. You can't do. <laughs> You can't do I, random jokes. I can't do my Santa Claus jokes, huh? All right, well. No. <laughs> it's not your joke. It is my joke. That is the cardinal rule. I modify. I no, modify it's not. things. I Googled it. No. <laughs> no. So, so here we go. Now we're in the, you know, this weekend's coming up. We got March Madness about to kick off. Um, what, you know, obviously Notre Dame uh, didn't get all the way. When's the last time actually Notre Dame made it to a Final Four? Long time ago, Digger Phelps was coach. Uh, we've only been to one. We went to two Elite Eights recently under Mike Bray. Uh, two Elite Eights in a row, but no, uh, no Final Four. But we had a good little surprise run this year. I mean, because we had the play-in game that went to double overtime. I was actually doing a show during that. That was crazy. Because it kept, I had to keep like Francisco Ramos on stage, and I kept asking, like, "You got to keep going." The game went to overtime. You got to keep going. The game went to double overtime. <laughs> <laughs> and then we beat Alabama, and I went to the game down in San Diego, and I was wearing my leprechaun getup, and they actually thought I was the mascot at the stadium. It was San Diego, and they let me in like with the band, because <laughs> so I went through like a side entrance because they thought I was the, and then I ran into the real mascot. <laughs> in there. Oh wow. How'd that go? I was like, I was a 38 year old dude. You didn't get kicked out, did you? No, I mean, we had tickets. I just went in with the band. And then uh, we, we, yeah, we actually, a guy came up to us. He's like, Where are your credentials? I was with Nick, who wasn't dressed up at all. Uh, (laughs) That kind of. But it was still pretty fun. Like, Scary thought I was the the mascot, which is kind of good. Interesting way to try to sneak into a game. I was thinking, like, what other mascots could you dress up as just to try to get in? You know? (laughs) Yeah, and your grade point average probably uh, wasn't on record to, to help you. <laughs> no, that's no. a credential. So who are you thinking, man? Who are you thinking this week's got the uh, the upper hand? Who you who you? Um, I know you're not really probably rooting for any one team, but who if you had to put your money on it, who you think is going to get to the end? Obviously, I'm, you know what I'm rooting for say. Villanova. I'm rooting for Villanova. I turned 21 at Villanova visiting my buddy Kevin. You know Kevin? Yep. Fisher's dad. Yeah. He's He's a Villanova guy, so uh, although they've won a lot, I really don't want Duke. Is mainly what <laughs> I don't want North Carolina either, though. I'd be I want Villanova or Kansas. I guess I'm with the winner of that game. But if I had to put money down, I'd say Duke for sure. It's just I think they're gonna get every call with with Coach K in it. Going hey, for forty one years, man, he deserves it. Um, forty one years. Oh God. 
Gee, why don't you just go ahead and get really, the tattoo it is on the a cool matchup, having North Carolina. Everything about that. That is a great. The hundred games are 49 and 50 between those two schools. Crazy. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's good for the game. It's good for the for college sports to get get to see Coach K versus North Carolina. Um, you know, I got family roots in North Carolina, so I'll be definitely watching that game. But uh, I don't know who I'm rooting for. But I, I'm like you. I, I think Duke has the upper hand in, in, on the whole tournament. So It's just so be. boring that, that four teams in it, there's nobody different, you know. All, all these teams have won since, like, 2004. And have you ever noticed that every – basically every great basketball program is blue and every great football program is red? How so? What, are you thinking, like, uh, Duke, UNC is baby yeah, blue. Kansas, Kentucky. Yeah, but they're all blue. But then in football, Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Georgia, Georgia – uh, Oklahoma, all red. Huh, I never thought about that. I don't know. It's the, it could be like the the Bloods and the Crips got something to do with it. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that's, that's, a, well, that's a great observation, you know, considering that the Ram, yeah. Rams won the Super Bowl this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the NFL. Just in college, <laughs> definitely – it's definitely that way. Well, the Patriots are blue, right? Blue, red, white, and blue, but red, red so blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and then the Chiefs, the Chiefs are red. Yeah. Uh, I can't even think of all the last Super Bowl winners. We went over this before. I think there's they're... no parity in football or in the NFL. I don't think that there's, like, a color scheme in the NFL. I think, like, but right. to your point, the, in college, there definitely is a, lot, a little bit more. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, we're at that point in the show where, you know, I know Dano's beer is getting warm or he's, he needs a refill of his uh, – what are we drinking today? Are we still doing Pacificos or are we – Yeah, man. Over? Still doing uh, Pacificos. beautiful day for Pacifico. Yeah. I love she's got to go. She, she, she told me in a cryptic text message. <laughs> that she, I don't know why she didn't just tell me or so. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Well, okay. So I guess I guess I I, I do multiple shows, so I have to, I have to um I have to download the radio show. So I got I I have to go. I'm on a time crunch, but um, I'm gonna leave you guys to it. Um, thanks for being on jokes and talks. Sure. And I'll see you later, Dennis. I'll see you on Monday. Okay. Cool. All right, G. I'll holler. All right, college. All right. Well, here we go, folks. Uh, the moment you've been waiting for. We're gonna do the rundown with Dano. He's done this many a drunken night with me. He knows I'm a would you rather type of guy at the bars but not on recording mode. So here we go. Are you ready, Dano? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Would you rather be a bird or a fish? Bird, no question. Everyone is a bird, not one fish. That's because that's cause we live on, in, on land, dude. We want to go visit our friends far away. And I, yeah, I have no interest in... The sea gets real creepy down, down deep, you know? Who knows what's going on down there? Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, would you rather be in jail for five years or be in a coma for a decade? Coma? No question. Who cares? <laughs> you have no memory of those years, and you don't get butt raped. Well, Maybe. you never Maybe. know. Well, hopefully. <laughs> but either way, you don't know about it. 
Okay, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Uh, would you rather have another 10 years with your partner, Tiffany, or a one-night stand with your celebrity crush? I got to say Tiffany. Come on. <laughs> good answer. Good but, answer. But, uh, but uh, ideally, uh, just because Tiffany's now at the threesome, just bring the celebrity crush in with the two of us. You know? Hey, now we're talking. Okay. All right. If you, if you hear the song, folks, at Poncho's, he goes in a little more detail about the, that three-way. That he gets, but he gets no leeway. <laughs> All right. Uh, would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed? Overdressed, actually, because I'm I'm almost always underdressed. So if it's chronically, I think I'd rather be overdressed. And you you are you are one with the costumes, so you you know you do have some uh, some memorable attire. So yeah, I can see you being an overdressed type. All I've right. been way overdressed before, yeah. I like wearing, you know, basketball shorts and a t-shirt and a hoodie or a three-piece suit, one or the other, you know. I don't, I don't like any in-between. I feel it. All right, here goes the next one. Would you rather have everyone you know be able to read your thoughts or for everyone you know to have access to your internet history? Those are pretty similar things. Like once I think about something, I go look it up on the internet. So they're gonna. I think I'd go with internet history, uh, just because I can't control my thoughts. <laughs> I could control that if I knew people were reading my internet history. Okay, okay. So you're going. You're going with the thoughts. I'm almost reading your thoughts now. I'm seeing it. No, no, I'm going with internet history. I'm rather. Oh, you're rather going with. Oh, you are going with internet. Okay, got you. Yeah, because I can't. I can control that. I can't control my thoughts. I get really weird thoughts sometimes. <laughs> that I'd rather people not know about. Ah, okay, okay. And then, like, anytime you're playing a, any kind of game against someone, they know what you're gonna do. You know, if you're playing chess against someone, they can read your thoughts, then you're screwed. Oh, you play chess. No, <laughs> but if I did, I'd be screwed. Okay, all right. Uh, two more. Uh, would you rather have universal respect or unlimited power? Respect. Unlimited power would, would be uh, maybe pretty insane, I think. Yeah. With much power comes much responsibility. Yeah, I don't want responsibility. Nobody ever says with a lot of respect comes a lot of responsibility. <laughs> it's just power, and I don't want responsibility. Okay, I respect that. I respect that. And last See, question. I got, I got your respect, and that feels good. <laughs> uh, would you rather swim in a pool full of Nutella? Or a pool full of maple syrup? Uh, well, either way, I'm getting super hypo from <laughs> either situation. Because uh, I'm hypoglycemic. I think Nutella is just a little less sticky. The syrup would be super sticky. All right. And but now for the, for the moment of truth. 
All right. Okay. Yeah. Would you, if you had an opportunity to watch Notre Dame win the national championship versus you get to go out and catch a touchdown in any regular season game for Notre Dame, which one you taking? Championship. Championship all the way. Uh, yeah, that's – I'm not a I – want, I want the best for my team and my school. I'm not selfish like that. It's not about me. Love it. I just want one championship, you know, <laughs> in, in my life. We had one when I was five years old, but I, I don't really remember it. So, I just want to witness one. You sound like and a me catching fan. It. Yeah. Well, that's a common thing. Are you a Jets yeah, the fan, Jets by the way? Are, being from Jersey? No, I side with the Giants more, but I don't really care that much. Tiffany loves the Giants. Got it, the Meadowlands. Cool, man. Well, that's our show. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. I know it was last minute, but you came through like Kang Lu. Uh, I'm definitely that's what I do. I'm definitely going to be hollering at you uh, at Poncho's, and I'm definitely going right. to get on stage one of these days. Okay. So, on the record. So that's happening. Uh, that's Dan right, O'Carter. Make sure you come out to Poncho's Monday nights, Manhattan Beach. So, yeah. Show starts around 9.30 p.m. And uh, you won't regret it. We even have a little karaoke afterwards. So, uh, oh, yeah. Appreciate you coming out, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day. Get you a cold one. Sure, man. And uh, we'll cool. talk I'll soon. see you Monday. All right, brother. And that's our joke. And that's our show, folks. Ha ha ha! Let a baller and peace. Hit him, should I split him? Should I get him? You should just finish roll with him, and I sit him down. Get up now, put it down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.